Hey folks, Ms. A on the tube here. Um, I am, well I don't know what I'm introducing actually, I don't know what this episode's going to become, or even if these are just going to be for Gerard or for no one, but I am on my way to see a um, selection of horror movies all night at the uh, PCC in London. It's about quarter past eight, um, the films start at nine, and they run through till, um, well, t- tomorrow morning, uh, past nine tomorrow morning. We've got um, the uh, uh, Friday the 13th, we've got uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw, uh, The Exorcist, which is a big one for me because I've never seen it in the cinema properly. Um, we've got... Um, what else is there? There's at least one more. Halloween isn't one of them, but I kind of kind of weirdly feel like it should be. Um, and there's... Yeah, I'm clearly forgetting something else. But anyway, so this is... Uh, if this is an episode, then I'm, uh, I'm not really sure where it's going around. Um, but it's October, so... Um, one might assume we might do something for Halloween. Um, we've missed a lot of episodes recently, and I, I'm sorry about that. Um, but hopefully this is either a glorious return for us or uh, something that'll just live in my phone forever. (laughs) Um, Either way, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, so this week we're going to talk about two John Carpenter Halloween movies. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. How about you? I am very excited about it. I'm going to give the game away, I'm sorry. Mark's <laughs> <laughs> a terrible liar. Cut to a clip from The Fog. <laughs> John Carpenter's The Fog. This is KAB Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here. And let me be the first to wish Antonio Bay a happy birthday. We're 100 years old today. And keep a watch out for that fog bank heading in from the east. 100 years ago, between midnight and one, something unknown came out of the fog. Now, it has returned. Oh, Jesus. The fog. Antonio Bay has a curse on it. We're all cursed. There's no water getting here, but something awful cold, Pin. The fog. What you can't see won't hurt you. It will kill you. Between midnight and one, it will find you. So, I um, uh, I love The Fog, and it's my favourite John Carpenter movie, and you've never seen The Fog, correct? I had never seen The Fog until yesterday, yes. Uh-huh. So, um, just before, I'm just going to quickly show you this, which is my The Fog glow-in-the-dark, The Fog mug. Nice. Which you, I don't know, it's just about glowing, isn't it? Kind of, kind of yeah. So, so you can like, charge that up, and it... And it... It does the whole yeah. glow in the dark thing. That's that's pretty. Yeah, it's cool. kind of kind of greenish. If, nice. I, if I put it back here, you can probably maybe see it glow more where I'm in the shadow. Eh, maybe not. Yeah. Anyway, there's a picture of on Instagram of it glowing in the dark while I was watching the fog back in the spring because I watched it on. Did I watch it on April 21st? I think I tried to watch it on April 21st, which is oh, the cool. day from the fog. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, so, the what's not... what's the bay called? The um, it's like a Antonio Bay. Antonio Bay. Antonio yeah. Bay's uh, uh, yeah centennial is uh, was uh, is April 21st and. Yeah, I mean, uh, do we want to give a rough plot synopsis or just assume everyone's watched it? 
Yeah, go on. You do your understanding of the story from the fog. Okay, so uh, it's, we open on like a campfire ghost story grandpa uh, telling uh, telling the legend that that surrounds this 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 town of Antonio Bay. Which from from it, and I wanted to kind of kind of ask you about this. Uh, initially, it's not really stated, but later on, it appears to be like a kind of Monterey, Northern California area type town. Is what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, that would I would say that is is accurate. I, I, got, I got like New England, Vermont, Maine when I first saw it, but but that's probably because that is where all of uh, if if it was shot where I think it was shot, which I I saw some mentions to to kind of California towns in in the credits at the end. That's where all of Murder She Wrote was shot as well, so that's probably nice. why <laughs> I was getting Cabot Co vibes. Um, oh yeah, I hadn't even really thought about that, but yeah, it does have that about it. Yeah, fascinating. Um, so, uh, so, so yeah, it opens on him telling this legend of, uh, there were some fishermen out to sea, I guess, and, and a fog rolled in and mysterious events happened and it essentially took them. Um, and, uh, how and, on board are you at this point? Oh, super on board. Let's work through the story live. Cause I want to get your reaction. To okay. It, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's do that. So you've got, you've got your opening and you've got the one more story. Five yes. minutes to midnight. That story lasts like ninety seconds. Okay. <laughs> it's not like, and then he's like, "Oh, five minutes are fast." He's like, "No, it's not five minutes." <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so it, it it opens on on that, and then we uh, do we get Stevie Wayne right away? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and, and by the way, her radio style I bloody loved. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have a note to myself to do a Stevie Wayne. KAB thirteen forty impression at some point during this. So if I nice. suddenly launch into it, um, I, I look forward to that. Hopefully, it will catch me by surprise. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> when I um, least expect it. And uh, and we we kind of go around the town and start seeing slightly <laughs> odd events happening. And, and one of the notes that I kind of made for myself was that I really really like the use of light in this film as as, as a whole, okay. but especially at the start, there's a really nice use of shadows and reflections and just kind of like light sources like particularly in one shot that really kind of stood out to me was in the grocery store when we see kind of like crazy shit going down there there's there's a there's a shot that's down an aisle but we can see the refrigerator lights in the Mm. glass fronted roof and it was just a really pretty shot and so i i really like the way this movie looked as a a whole what on earth are you drinking um oh uh, it's iced tea but it's this do you want to blow what the second movie is right now so I can explain why I'm drinking from this? Uh, the second movie you watched is The Thing. It's So I, I dug out my J&B glass. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> as, a, as a Thing reference. It I'm looked drinking. kind of I've muddy because it's, it's, it's iced tea and it's, it's a frosted glass. So it looked like you were yeah, drinking some kind of like mud glass. shake. Um, yeah. I, so I've got my mud shake for The Thing, <laughs> uh, which is Lipton um, peach okay. iced tea, pesh. And uh, and I've got water in my uh, thing mug. In my um, sorry, my um, fog, fog mug. Oh, I've completely broken my brain. Sorry. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. How are you guys doing tonight? You good? Yeah. Are we ready for the classic horror all nighter? Yeah. Awesome. Just a few rules, so we all have fun tonight. Um, we will be selling alcohol until three a.m. Nice. After three a.m., no booze. Um, we will be selling popcorn and snacks all night. Um, don't, please don't use your phones in the screen. There's like a really bright glare and it distracts everyone. If we ever have any trouble, like if somebody's bothering you or being too loud or if it's too hot or too cold in the screen, please let one of our ushers know and we'll sort it right away. Like don't tweet about it and be like, oh, it's so cold in here, nobody's gonna see. Uh, <laughs> 
What else? Um, yeah, there will be 10 minute intermissions between each film. That sounds very nice. Um, we stop letting people in at midnight, no hot food, no outside, alcohol. Um, am I forgetting anything? Uh, <laughs> yeah, have fun. Have fun tonight. Uh, where do we go from there? Are you weird? Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, so uh, Jamie Lee Atkins Curtis is track. picking up. Uh, yeah. Yes, um, uh, Ray Liotta is picking up uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, he looks kind of. Oh, like... you give Atkins a break! Come on, <laughs> just because he hasn't got his tash in this one, he doesn't look like Ray Liotta. He does a little bit. Oh, that's mean. I feel bad now. Poor old Atkins. <laughs> um, he does look better when he has that tash because the does. bottom half of his face looks like a cartoon. So... <laughs> Uh, yes. So, uh, and then all of their windows smash, and there's there's kind of like weird paranormal events going on, uh, which they they seem to kind of get over that really quickly. <laughs> it's the only thing. Like well, all the it windows. Ends at, it ends at one. Oh, they get over it specifically. Them. Yeah, specifically right, them. The yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You're just driving along, and you know every piece of glass in your car explodes, and that's that's a regular night. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you go and sit and sit sit in the same bed immediately and talk about <laughs> about what's going sit on. Sit in the same bed. Lie. Of course, that's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I like that the first thing he does, and I've always loved this. Uh, when she gets in the car and they do the whole thing, he's going like he just goes sip, and he's got a can of butter. Of, yeah. <laughs> no, she's like, just you know, it's the eighties. You can drink and drive. It's fine. <laughs> like it's how like, many of how many sip. empties are littering the back seat? <laughs> like I want to get in this car with this stranger who's clearly drinking. <laughs> with yeah, his windows all smashed out and also it's 1980 and he's driving like a truck from the 40s as well yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. which is great looking um but uh, speaking of like visual things that i really like in this movie i really want one of those big on-air signs that stevie yes. wayne has yeah, yeah. that only comes on when she when she, when her microphone's on like when no, she's does br- it. Okay. yeah like nice. she, she, she'll like she'll she'll go to, to to do one of her sexy pieces to to the mic and and then and then yeah, it goes chunk, and the mic comes on, and then the light comes on, and then it goes chunk and goes off again. It's great. That's great. <laughs> one birthday when I remember, I will get you one. Uh, we'll attach it to the mic for this, and then behind you, it'll just be like. I have to hold it. hold it up the whole time, so just make it fall <laughs> down. Um, I think we we then go out. We we go out to the seagrass, don't we? And we've got the the, the sailors on on board. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, drunk enough. Let's go back. There's no fog out there. Yeah, exactly. There's fog out there. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the homeless guy from? If you remember, you know the drunk homeless guy from the Back to the Future movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Same guy. Oh, is it really? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. The guy was like cool. crazy drunk driver when uh, when uh, Mike McFly comes back in yeah. Back to the Future. Fun fact, folks. Oh yeah, it's a fun um, fact. Have we skipped over? We might have missed. <laughs> A bit with the priest, actually. But either way, yeah. Uh, yes, we did miss the bit with the priest because uh, there's the the kid who's like sweeping up and then asks for his money. Yeah. And... John Carpenter. Oh, that's John Carpenter. Okay, and then yeah, he, yeah. then he, uh, he changes the subject and buggers off, and the yeah. yeah, the stone falls out of the wall, and he finds the book. But you yeah. can clearly see there's something back there, and he doesn't investigate any further. We we'll wait till the conclusion of the movie to look at that. I like exactly. The yeah. He's a bit of a drunk. Right? It's, it is. It is kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. When they show up later on, he's just, he's he's just you know got a bowl of scotch or something. <laughs> yeah. Which needlessly, like, for some reason, right at that ending, you know, when he's got the scotch, he's like, well, yeah. we'll never escape the fog. Yeah, he's, he's um, all Atkins needlessly smashes, smashes it. Yeah, bottle, yeah. <laughs> he just throws it in like the part of the church, and it yeah. just explodes. And it's just like, okay, I guess. Yeah, and it's, it kind of smashes do. almost on on the the, the journal, doesn't it? The uh, the journal yeah. of uh, 
Uh, what's the name of the priest? Father Malone. Father Malone. Yeah, yeah his, his grandfather, I guess. We find yes. out later in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, we did we did miss that bit. And, and uh, yeah, I think that was all that really happened there. I was kind of expecting something to happen to him at the start of the film, but obviously it didn't. Um, yeah, then we go out to the to the seagrass and and uh, uh, talking of that. Sorry, the bit with Father Malone. I I I went through last night when I was watching a little bit of it again. I've never done a couple of still frames. I always wanted to do on the Blu-ray. Uh huh. So look at your phone and look at that still frame from the book. <laughs> okay. I've read about this online, but I've never actually bothered to look at it. But see if you can. Can you make out the uh, uh, say the third and fourth line? No, the foot. The the third, fourth, and fifth line in that page of the book, which Mark Malone skips to before he gets to the one that says uh, about the actual ghost stuff. Uh, something about. R- writing dumb shit in this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Someone's written the whole page up, but he says something about big tits down the bottom. This fucking movie props. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, there we something, go. Something says, on the second line, it says the word college. Something to my college, something to work utilizing dumb shit in this fucking movie. Which is, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, Some... and that just discontented props person <laughs> yeah basically just had like oh someone with like a calligraphy degree or something yeah well this is going to end up on video so it'll never look or like this will be yeah. projected no one will see it it's going to be a couple of frames pages yeah no one's yeah. ever going to do an hd transfer of this and and, and frame by frame it yeah the 4k <laughs> remaster i watched on monday night <laughs> Excellent. um but anyway, yeah. So we're jumping all around. So let's just, yeah. let's just give up what we were trying to do because that's a mess. But so overall, but summary. Of this, okay, like like two sentence summary of the plot. There's a there's a legend that that uh, fog took some people uh, in the sea a hundred years ago. It's the hundredth anniversary. Fog comes back. People come back. Uh, yeah, spooky shit happens. Okay. But I loved it. It was great. I think it was fantastic. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I did wonder if it, if it was very much going to be a, a oh, this is hard film. No, no, not <laughs> at all. No, no. I like. I liked it a lot. I thought it was. It, it was. Uh, it was a nice pace without it feeling rushed. Um, okay. Uh, it's quite short. I mean, it is. I was surprised is... when it was over. To be honest, they um, there are bits. I mean, I don't know. There's no commentary on the on the thing, unfortunately. So I don't know. Shame. I don't know as much as I should about this movie, considering how much I like it. But the, like the the bit with um. Macon telling the ghost stories was a reshoot. Oh, really? Like okay. Because they they once they edited it, it was too short. Okay. So so certain bits got added back in, like the the um the bit on the the autopsy slab is a reshoot. Oh, apparently. oh, okay. And, yeah, and yes. Father and Father Macon, but like old man time at the beginning is is a reshoot. I know those two bits are. I don't know beyond that actually. Interesting. But uh, just because they were a bit like, oh, it's a bit short. Let's add some more spooky shit. Cool. So. That was I, I quite like that scene actually with Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, and 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 your man in the hospital where she's just kind of like facing away and it, uh, the corpse picks up uh, reanimates and picks up a scalpel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like kind of, yeah. Abe's Odyssey cre- creeps up to her. It was pretty fun. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, uh, the I I really wanted uh, was it Mrs. Williams? Was that her name? The the kind of like town organizer lady yes. um yeah, yeah. i really wanted her station wagon um it was magnificent <laughs> i think it's shit now wait till you drive it <laughs> <laughs> excellent uh but uh but yeah it was it had that that kind of had a bit of a um 
uh, a Jaws element to me. It's like, well, we're going to go on with the town celebration, whatever's happening. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, you yeah, know? no, uh, that's very fair, actually. Which yeah. would have been very much... Fairly recent at that point. Is it 77, 78, Jaws? I think earlier. Hang on a minute. I've got my IMDb open. Um, but yeah, it would have certainly been... 75. 75, uh, would okay. Have been, would have been in the consciousness of a kind of thrill ride type movie they were they were looking for. Yeah. If, and adding in, you know, the... um the horror movie on top of that kind of stuff. Sure. So, so that's very apt, actually. It's not something I would have thought. How, how successful um, was this? Successful enough. I mean, Carpenter was made already after Halloween, and he was on yeah. his way. I mean, you know, he does... Um, I think Escape from New York was the same year, and then he does The Thing the next year. So it's he's already, like, levelling up very quickly. It's yeah. still an indie movie. It's still a very cheap indie movie, but he... I think, think, think thing. it was 82, so I think it was a couple of years later, but... It's... I think it was 81. Okay, whatever. Maybe maybe Escape from New York's 81. Um, but, to, I mean, that's the first studio movie he does is, is um, The Thing. Oh, but, yeah, uh, okay. You know, Escape from New York was 81, sorry. But it's he's on a tear then. Like I always say, there's this for tear sure. of like, almost infallible movies he makes you know, for, yeah. for a bunch of years. Um, and uh, uh, so it's still cheap. He's still kind of like in that market where they're like, they're, they're hustling a little bit to get it yeah. all done. But uh, he's he's well on his way after Halloween is a hit, you know. Okay, cool. Um, well, not a hit, but it's you know it's sleep sleepers its way all the way through. Halloween does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and the, the the thing I really liked about the fog—oh, that was not an intentional pun. Um, I said the thing I really liked about the fog. Dong. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. Okay, good. The thing I really liked about The Fog was the fact that it it, um, it, it did feel kind of compact, but it didn't feel like it lacked anything because of that, you know? They told no, the story they needed to, and they got all the elements in, in that were required, and, and it felt multifaceted because we were seeing it from multiple perspectives, including uh, the, the, the little boy's perspective. Um, this neat piece of wood, which I know, right? <laughs> which <laughs> I love the way it turned into six must die when it was when it started yeah, leaking cool. seawater onto her yeah, onto yeah. her tapes. The way it leaks that seawater as well It's just like there's so yeah. many little effects in this thing that I really really dig. I really like that too, yeah, because it was I like the way it was clearly because he picked it up from within the breakers and then it was it clearly dried out in that way that driftwood does. You could kind of see it gone yeah. pale and salty. Once he's gone back to the house with it, like they, they did the timing of that is yeah. really nicely done. That he's carrying in this piece of wood and it has started to dry from the outside in, and it's gone. Yeah. You know, I, it's, I really like that. The fact yeah. that it's just attention to detail on on little stupid things. Sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they could easily have put like a varnish on that and made it always look wet. You know, mm -hmm. that's that that might have been the temptation, but they they kind of they, there was that attention was paid to it, and I feel like that's a bit of a John Carpenter trait in my mind is, is that like minute attention to detail. I really like. Yeah. And, uh, I'd Rob Bottin is on this one as well. And he, you know, he, uh, he, he's on the thing as well. And he becomes your, he does like total recall and stuff by the end of the decade. Oh, wow. Okay. So he's, you know, special effects and props and stuff like he's gonna probably be on that from the like, okay, so if we're shooting at 10, we need to wet it at whatever. And then it will dry by, you know, and we can do the two takes or whatever. Sure. However much we can afford to do. There's probably more attention to detail gone into, getting that piece of wood as wet as it needs to be by the time they're going to shoot than in, uh, to shooting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to actually getting the angles or whatever, right? Cause it's just like, get it done. Yeah. But, um, 
but no, that yeah, I love that. And then that conversation with him and the him and the mother, because I mean, you know, she's a working mother and she's up late and stuff, and the, sure. Mrs. Palozzi or whatever is looking after the boy. Um, but yeah, he comes in and there's a little conversation, and there's just this, like you say, the, the film just does what it needs to do. But needless in the middle of that conversation, he asks his mother if he can have a stomach pounder and a coke. <laughs> yes, what the fuck's a stomach pounder? I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Some but kind I want to know. <laughs> I don't know, but she, she says after lunch. It's that's true. So I think yeah, it must be some kind of sweet. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a stomach pounder and a Coke. <laughs> I enjoyed like, that. I enjoyed sounded that. Sounded like moment. Craig Mack, the way I said it. Was. Yeah, I'm going to Jack Nicholson. Hey, I have a stomach pounder and a Coke. Hey, Craig, if you're listening, you're not. I know you're not. <laughs> Hi, Craig. I've never met you, but um, uh, yeah. Have you not met Craig? Oh, I suppose you haven't. Mm-hmm. Keep doing uh, this. I always think people from disparate ends of my life. Have yeah, no, I've never met any of those those uh, those LA people. Actually. LA lot. Yeah, no. I, I, anyway. I, the, the closest I've come to that is is uh, being friends with uh, Mr. Tobin Randall, Randall. On, uh, on on social media and and uh, hi Randy, if you're listening, um, he's not listening. We just had Friday the Thirteenth, which looked amazing in a digital digital print. Um, next up is The Shining, and. Uh, I think it's a younger audience than I'm uh, than me, <laughs> because uh, a lot of them seem to not have seen Friday the Thirteenth and were having a good old laugh at it, which was really cool. Um, so we'll see what the Shining's like and see if they've seen that before. So go from there. Um, <laughs> uh, back to the fog, though. Uh, so skipping skipping forward a little bit because there's a, there's a lot of build up into to, to when the spooky shit actually starts happening. Where is the first knock? Is it, it? It's when they're in bed, right? Yeah, and, yeah. You get the the hook, and then the guy disappears because he's just like, "Fuck it, it's one a.m. We got to go." You know. Yeah, exactly. Six must die, and this is taking too long. Is what what I kind of look off from that scene. Well, that was before Six Must Die. Oh, it? that's true. That's so true. So at that point, so retrospectively, kind of, that's what I think I got. the idea is. Sort of like you get they get that hour on the first mm-hmm. night, don't they? Where that's when the conspirators met. Right. And so you just get an hour where they're first coming out, and you know the the. Buck Flower and those boys see the the ship sort of sail by, which is a great yeah. effect. Of, fuck no, it is a fabulous effect. Yeah, they did. They, I bet they built like a tiny amount of what you think you see in that show. Um, and then so you get that one hour, and then it's like, and then it's the next day and the next night, and can I have a stomach pounder and a coke and the celebrations, and that's when it's going to kick off. Right. Okay. And uh, and then you know six must die and everything. Um, okay. So it's kind of that makes sense it's almost like a little tease. It doesn't quite oh, okay. make sense, but you get almost that witching hour on the one on the twenty after midnight on the twenty first, and then it's about the the night of the twenty first. You know. So, so is the whole they plan for an hour on on the twentieth thing? Is that is that in the story at the start? No. Well, the story okay. at the start was added later, so the story at the start doesn't quite tally up to any of it. But I think oh, right. there's a throwaway line that Father Malone says that it was when the conspirators met was the night okay. before, or whatever I missed, they were planning I that. to scupper the boat with the uh, with blake in right um, right so and the leper colony and all that shit yes but it's yes. it's very incidental i think it's essentially because the the structure of movies needs an early on thing and then it needs to sell into a story and then <laughs> and then it needs Fair to enough. come out of that into a denouement so, <laughs> so <I laughs> the, think, the... Uh, that's the reason why the uh they they you know yeah the pirates all agree well the pirates are not really pirates but they they all agreed that they were going to have an hour yeah <laughs> you know uh, the one day, and then they go away again until the next night. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah. So uh, with the fog effects, though, I, I was I was kind of curious as to to how. I mean, I, I imagine a lot of it was dry ice or mineral mineral smoke. Um, uh, but the way the way they a lot kind of fires, of, just a lot of fires, a lot of fires. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the the one the one thing I kind of wondered about was 
when I when I was kind of picturing it in my mind, I was like, okay, this is going to be a, a, a spooky movie about fog. Um, I was kind of worried that there was going to be a lot of shitty fog effects in it, but I actually quite liked the way they looked. I think the the stuff that doesn't that, that in a modern day context looks least good is is uh, Stevie Wayne's perspective over the bay when it's coming in, sort of day it, for night with the kind of overlays. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it looks bad necessarily, but I think to like a modern eye, it would probably yeah. stand out a little bit because it's, it's, there's some clear overlays going on there. Mm. Um, but uh, but other other than that, it looked like they did a lot of practical effects in it, and it worked pretty well. The only the only kind of like noticeable, and I know they sped a lot of stuff up, but it wasn't like uh, you know Mad Max car chase sped up uh, obvious. Um, there's some reverse it, stuff as well, like when there's some reverse stuff. Yeah, the power station or whatever. It's kind of yes. nicely done. This kind of reverse, so it looks like it's going into the thing, uh-huh. going into the into the, the generator, like generator or whatever. Thing, but it's yeah. actually just and then actually there's some nice like. I don't know whether they would have even tested it, but you know when the the thing's spinning and the yeah. fog starts kind of almost getting wrapped up in. I the like that the way it looked a lot, yeah. But I think that's just the motion of the spinny thing is catching the. Yeah, I think so too. So I mean, you could weight that kind of fog if it was like from a from a fogger machine, so you could make mm. it heavier and denser or whatever. So, but it's literally just getting enveloped, folded into the machine. So I, I yeah, whether or not that was a happy accident or whether it was just by design, I would love someone to do a. A large coffee table book on the making of the fog because I know yeah, that'd be great. very little about this movie, so I would buy that. Gus, if you're listening, he's not listening. Um, he buys all those Marvel ones. Um, <laughs> okay. Let me know if there's a big one for the fog. Where you go? Um, <laughs> uh, is this Gus? I, Gus, I don't know how to pronounce his last name from Reader and Geek. Cadore, yes, yeah. Cador, Cador. I've just Cador. always said Cador, but I hope it's Cadore now. Cadore, okay. <laughs> Spanish heritage. He's not listening. Gus Cadore. Um. <laughs> Goose, it's goose. Goose, goose canore. I've got to tag all these people we're talking about. This <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We just did the shining. Uh, the laughter was more nervous through this one, so I think uh, it's going to be interesting. Some people were falling asleep during this one, so be kind of curious to see if they uh, they stay awake through the next one. Some snoring in the quiet bits, which is quite amazing. Um, craziest thing to happen during that one was that uh, some lady on the road decided to um, get up and I bought a banana uh, in case I needed a snack later on and she stood right on my bag and red rummed my banana so I got some paper from the people at the bar and cleaned that mess up I don't know what's up next because they haven't been putting the BBFC cards up before these ones so it'll be interesting to see what is next because I don't know the running order um, I had a guess, Rosemary's Baby, but I can't remember what they said um, at the start of the screening. So we'll see how this one goes. Exorcist is 3 a.m. though, and that's the big one for me. So I'll be definitely be here and awake through the Exorcist. I, I love the way when the fog comes under the door. There's a couple of shots where the fog comes under the under doors that looks really cool, and it's mm. clearly like you said, it's very dense mineral smoke. Um, but they've they've sped it up and or or they've they've got a lot of it and forced it under the door, and it just it just looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, and the, the the use of light and stuff. When the when he gets the guy on the boat who's looking at the things at the start, mm-hmm. they 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 sort of like you were saying, they the, the the use of light there almost looks like the guy is coming into and going out of the smoke. Yes, but it's because they light it and then he's his position changes, but it almost looks like he gets sucked back in and comes back out. It does, yeah, back in and comes back out, and it's very nicely done. It's Dean Cundy again who shot um, Halloween and oh okay, and everything was shot shot everything carpenter for many years and, and kind of ruled a lot of that kind of 80s era stuff and went on to shoot like jurassic park oh wow okay. um and uh so dp yeah okay uh um 
What else did Dean Cundy shoot that was pretty big? I have to look it up. Carry on talking. I will. Quickly yeah, no, that, that's fine. Um, the the other bit that so when when the when the attacks are happening later on, um, uh, Stevie Wayne, uh, finally they, they they find her at the lighthouse, and she's been uh for those who haven't seen seen it, she's been or don't remember maybe she's been kind of like uh, using the radio to to communicate where the fog is 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 uh, approaching the town, and she's told people to go up to the church because that's the last place that it isn't. And yeah, kind of she can see everything, even apparently. the street layout, from yeah, up there, which is yeah. great. Uh, which I kind of assumed, you know, it's a grid layout, and she could probably approximate. And if she looks at it every day, I, I have a logic logic to that away in my brain. Um, oh, I just, it's, I it's just her town, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you want to nitpick, there's a lot. Oh, Apollo thirteen was the other big thing. He oh wow, okay, yeah, that's that's great looking. And for. Hook, yeah, he did his Spielberg years. Oh, and the Back to the Future oh! sequels. So. Okay. But yeah, he did everything for Carpenter through to Big Trouble. I think. Oh wow! Cool. And then, uh, and then he does uh, the uh, Back to the Future sequels and Hook and Jurassic Park. Anyway, sorry, nice. Dean Cundy, folks. Look, yeah. look at Dean Cundy films, but not, yeah. not latter era ones. Don't watch Flubber oh. or Jack and Jill. Oh no, seriously? Or the Holiday. Oh <laughs> no, he beat the Holiday. That's awesome. Totally <laughs> swap. <laughs> um, and uh, other ones. Oh my God, he's. He did oh, Jack and Jill. Like... He did do Jack oh, and Jill. Oh, that looks like a soap opera. From Wait, the clips he's an old that man I've seen. Now. Give him a break. He's All right. He's seventy. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Two. <laughs> By right, so I'm just waiting out. Say seventy-two. <laughs> I suppose it's easy. Adam said the films are easy because he doesn't care. Yeah, as long as well, he gets but, the yeah money. probably didn't care. You know. um, Get all these lights. Do you want to deal with anything, anything with them, Dean? Yeah. Just turn them all on. Just turn them all on. It's fine. You want to point Don't... them anywhere? Wherever they are is fine. At the actors? I mean... Yeah. Uh... Oh, they got enough on them. No, um, Al Pacino doesn't need any more light at this point. It's not gonna... <laughs> all it's going to do is catch rock face. <laughs> well, that was Rosemary Baby. I am feeling pretty tired. A lot of people slept through that one. Um, it's interesting, really, because I'm starting to think about how most of the films so far, now we're at the halfway mark, aren't ones I would consider classics. They are ones I like, ones I respect, but not necessarily ones I love. I mean, The Exorcist is up next, which is a film I truly love. Texas Chainsaw is still to come, which is one I love. And then in the middle is um, Nightmare on Elm Street, which is something I enjoy for its silliness, especially as the franchise went on. I um, mean, if anything, I was once I was quite sniffy and arrogant about um, Friday the 13th and... About 20 years ago, I claimed I could make a better film than that, and I still haven't, so that's something interesting to say, I suppose. Um, yeah, we've gained some people, um, we've lost a bunch, um, and some are still asleep. There's still quite a lot in here. I suppose we'll see what happens as time goes on. Um, there were some drunk people out in the concessions bit trying to get cereal for some reason. Um, when I popped out there, that was quite interesting. I think they've probably been... Uh, thrown out or asked to leave by now but uh, there was just a girl who was high or drunk and was just demanding that they gave her cereal I don't know what kind, Cheerios or something I suppose um, but yeah, I think The Exorcist is up next so I'm supercharged for that but I am starting to feel a little bit I was starting to yawn a little bit through Rosemary's Baby but I'm pretty excited for The Exorcist so hopefully um, this isn't a repeat of uh, what used to happen 20 years ago when it was 3am in the morning and I'd get back from clubbing and we'd put The Exorcist on uh, me and Alex, usually, if you're listening, Alex, and fall asleep watching The Exorcist. Hopefully I will um, get all the way through it, and then two more to go. This is this is halfway mark at the halfway mark. 
Uh, see you after the exit. The fog. The fog. So, so yeah, uh, there's the bit where she's uh, finally. So she's announced like uh, you know go up to the church, and the fog has yeah. kind of enveloped the church by that point. But then we get that lovely shot of the fog coming down over the like the the thing above the lighthouse, like the the hill mm. above the lighthouse or the the promontory or whatever that is. Uh, and she realizes there you go. That's a nice way. There you go. She realizes that that she's she's going to have to have to face what's whatever's going on as well. And they mm. start banging at the door and 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 stuff, which is it seems to go on for quite a while. But the the crux of it is she ends up on the the roof to 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 say it the same way that Rich Evans does uh, on the roof of the lighthouse. Um, <laughs> Did you really say roof? He says roof. Yeah. Oh no, I've never known. Uh, which, which really kind of, as someone who's been on on, several, on a couple a couple of roofs, it, it kind of scared me because it was like super steep and really yeah, tiny. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's a horrid place to be. So the, the question I have for you, as someone who's seen it many times, is she's uh, the, we see the ladder and there's there's the the hand kind of comes up and and she's going to fight the one from b- below. But then, I, and I actually I think I caught a glimpse of it before it attacked her. But then there's one kind of like over her left shoulder. I feel yeah, like there's she another gets, one already up there. Does she not get stabbed in the neck right there? Yeah, she gets it in the shoulder, yeah. In the shoulder, okay. Because I was like, she seems decidedly alive for someone who got stabbed in the neck at the end of the film. <laughs> and then they just like, yeah. <laughs> out of the neck. Um, um, no, she I, gets I, a hook I, to the shoulder. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, I don't know how far it really goes in, but yeah, he, the one behind her gets it, doesn't it? Yes. It when she's backing up the... Uh, yeah. Thing, which just looks a dick to shoot, because that thing... Oh, yeah. Unless they angled it so it looks less upright than it is like that having to get up that thing and it's really in, steep yeah for both your your mummified pirate guys and your and your everyone just it just doesn't look fun it's no. not big and it's very steep yes absolutely so. yeah um no but I, I, it, it kind of it gave a real tense feeling because there was really nowhere to go uh mm. you know that they, they couldn't have had the comic run around the roof type uh, yeah. uh, Scooby Doo ending <laughs> precisely, yeah. And one of the things I really liked about that whole scene was how long it went on. Um, I, I was kind of expecting reshoots, I should think, <laughs> probably more reshoots. Yeah, I was expecting We're to, find to, to it do... out. Have a run away from. <laughs> I was expecting like more instant, instant relief than than we got from that okay. uh, because she's really fighting them off for quite some time, and I was kind of yeah. like, you know, do whatever spell you need to do to to to, to make them go well, go away, uh, Frank, whatever his name is, the priest. Um, you know, and and I love I love how much he he struggles with the big gold cross. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so uh, so yeah. The, the, it turns out that the the to to appease them, um, they need to give back the gold for some reason. They just want their gold. They just want their yeah, gold. Well, they, essentially, I think the idea was that Blake had all this money to set up. Again, it doesn't matter, but this is the story. Yeah. Um, Blake wanted to set up the leper colony near Antonio Bay. Right. And the people, the founders of the town... Didn't want that. Uh, didn't want lepers nearby because get off our lawn. Yeah. And and Blake had the money to do it, and they decided to scupper him and take the money. So right. if you listen carefully, what they do is, I think it's they set up a fire as a fake lighthouse. And when Blake is coming around with all his leper pirate guys, um, they essentially run aground. They run oh, okay. into the rocks rather than being guided by the lighthouse to where they should spivy, be. They, spivy point. Spivy point. Yeah. So they set up the fire out there and they essentially crash themselves, which would be near where the boy finds the, the, the Elizabeth Dane uh, piece of wood. Yes. Neat piece of wood. And um, <laughs> and they all essentially die. And then they, it says they go and get the gold the next day in the in the book. Okay. So And I guess the most of the the gold ends up in the Sweet Sweet Cross. Yeah, that seems to be so, what will happen. He melted it down so that 
which which kind of doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense if 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 you think that they they used it to 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 set up the town almost. But they probably didn't really need it, but they just wanted it. I suppose that's yeah. the, that's the crux of it, isn't it? That it's a it's about being more of a greedy dickhead than about needing it. Yeah. So. That's okay. what it should be called. John Carpenter's greedy dickheads. A <laughs> hundred year old greedy dickheads. Yes, it really should. Um but but the 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 spoilers, the uh... <laughs> Yeah, spoilers for all this, Priest ends up getting killed in the end in like the very last shot of the film. Six must die. Yeah. Yeah, they come back for him because I suppose he. But he he kind of wanted to atone for the he did. the sins. The drunker he got, the the more he was like, "I'll atone for these sins." Yeah. So um so yeah so he comes back from at the end and I guess that's uh you know look out for the fuck. So exactly because I think most of the people because they I mean the people that do die are like residents so you can imagine I've always wondered whether it's. If you track it properly, although I don't think the film makes as much sense as I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about it, um, whether or not they're all descendants, because obviously oh, Father Malone's a descendant. Yeah, uh, the old lady could be. She could. She's obviously she gets got. Um, oh, at that point, by the way, I really thought that this was going to go extra dark and just have yeah? a scene where the kid was getting hacked to shit. <laughs> just like an extended scene of the kid. Being just like sloppy meat sounds. Absolutely, yeah. Till it's just mush. <laughs> Then the then the pirates eating like well, they're not pirates. I always call them pirates. But they do kind of look like pirates. So. They are, yeah, but they're just because they're on a pirate ship yeah. or a ship. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Pirates didn't call their ships pirate ships. <laughs> um, they're lepers by rights, aren't they? I suppose. Yes, yes. Um, and um, yeah, whether or not they then 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 the the lepers then eat him as a stomach pounder with a coke. Right. Mm. <laughs> 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 He's just pounding on his stomach with a coke bottle, yeah, like a sure. glass coke bottle. Um, <laughs> we we talk about coke a lot. You asked we for it. To get some sponsorship. We should, yeah. Mm. Or a lawsuit, <laughs> whichever way. Yeah, one of the two. Sure, you know, sure I mean, we're not either, a very good advert for either way. Either way is fine. Either way is fine. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. So um, I think that's ultimately, isn't it? That Father Malone wants or deserves to die. Yeah. For for this, not deserves, but um, no, 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 no. Because I mean, to atone for the sins of the, the town. In I don't, a, I don't in believe a kind in... of priestly way. In intergenerational guilt, so he had nothing to do with it essentially. But uh, you know, if you Never go down the whole, me, I wonder if he it. does. Because it, oh, he seems it to Catholic Church. In yeah. which case, it would be very baked into the Catholicism of it. Well, is it a Catholic Church though? Because how could I don't it be? Think it is, but... No, it can't be because because he's he's his grandfather was also a priest, and that, that that can't happen if you're a Catholic. And well, it shouldn't happen. I'm it's sure. It, I'm sure it does, but. Yeah, yeah, because he's not supposed have to. A grandfather, yeah, yeah. Um, well, he would have. He would have, but, but he, that would have been the last. His you know, grandfather wouldn't have been a priest. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, because Catholics don't have grandfathers. <laughs> no, no, no. It's against their religion. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not a position. That, oh, let's not get into it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what religion it's all meant to be. I would imagine like, a, like Episcopal, but I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Something like that. Because it, it's nothing newer just because of the architectural style is my guess. Well, yeah, and it's got to be something that would have settled there in the 1880s, isn't it? Yeah, or, which, which could have easily whatever been... Whatever those settlers so, would have brought with them. Yeah, it could have easily been some Protestant type. This is why we need the big coffee table book. It is. Get on it, It explains, 
Old goose. <laughs> so like I said, goose. <laughs> goose. Goose. <laughs> um, like, uh, get on it. Like, he's going to write it. Write us a goddamn coffee table book. And if they didn't make these decisions in pre-production, which they probably didn't, make it up. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if there was like a, you know, when they used to do, um, like, well, not The Exorcist, because The Exorcist was a book beforehand, but you'd get like the shitty book of the movie. Yes. I wonder if there's a fog, like a paperback trash novel. Oh, that'd be great. I would, I, I, I would buy and read that. Like, yeah. I've got the Gremlin one, the Gremlins one around here somewhere. Oh, and really? A lot of it's cool. from the point of view of, um, of Gizmo. Oh, really? Okay. It's really kind of nuts, actually, like that, that it starts talking about Gizmo and where he's from and things. It's, it's quite strange. Oh, that does sound good. So, um, but nice. Anyway, but, but, but overall, some, yes, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the fog. I, it's, uh, it, it's, it's kind of going to become a bit of a Halloween um, uh, slash Thanksgiving spectacular uh, regular for me. I think. Don't I, spoil it for him now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. I'm glad. I'm glad because, it, like I say, it is my favorite one, and it's very clearly not the best one. But because um, we're going to talk about that next, Hollow but, Man. I, ooh, that's that's Paul Verhoeven. Come on, <clears throat> it's not even good. Paul Verhoeven, kind of drunk, <laughs> isn't it? Paul Verhoeven. Um, it was the first shit film that came to my mind. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I yeah, it remains my my favorite of the Carpenters okay. because I could just almost like it's a desert island film. I could just watch it endlessly. Oh, fair enough. Because it's it's just kind of full of fun while being quite a good thrill ride. But uh, but the thing is, I think, probably, you. well, I'm going to say objectively, because fuck it, objectively, John Carpenter's best one. I oh, think. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, uh, of the ones that I've seen, I haven't seen, obviously, given the fact that I hadn't seen The Fog, I haven't seen all of Memoirs this. of an Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> Christine. You know, like, I think, um, I, I, I think it's, it's because it's almost like a science experiment lockdown type film you don't you can only well now what's the what's the way of saying this there's nothing that can influence him on a budget to send it wrong true and oh the stuff anything in the snow only makes it look better yeah and then anything on the sets just works because you can you, you've got such a closed-in environment and you can build that tension up yeah there's so no I, like I, let's do a car chase kind of you know yeah type there's, and the there's no pressure they, because yeah, you can't studio. fuck with it because the story is what the story is because right there is nowhere else to go unless it costs a lot because hey car chase would be helicopters no one's going to give money for that true um oh one, one and, sorry one one more before we, we move on fully to the thing one, one more thing about the fog my absolute favorite credit and one that I aspire to have one day is Electronic Realization by. Oh, nice. Oh, it's a fabulous uh, credit. What was his name? I Dick Wyman or something. Something like that, yeah. I didn't, I the didn't... other guy, the other guy who did all the technology for Carpenter, because Carpenter just wanted, like, Hammer keys. I just want to bash keys, yeah. man. And then the other guy's like, so I got this thing. And, 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 and there was this, what was that on? It was, I think it was on a Halloween documentary I watched. Saying where that that guy is talking about how he, you know, he had the studio and he would be like, "I've got this great thing and it does this," and and John Carpenter would be like, "Why are you telling me that for? I don't, I don't care." Yeah, I don't care. Just Does it go donk donk donk? Yeah, then yeah, fine. Yeah, plug it in. You know? <laughs> so, Excellent. Just plug it in and let me play. You know? Um, but yeah, so yeah, the the, the music. That's it's a, again another unsung theme. Uh, beautiful theme that john carpenter did for the fog actually oh yeah i liked it a lot and uh, it actually it was going to see him live a couple of years ago when the fog music kicked in that brought 
me back to the fog because I hadn't watched it in years. I never owned it on DVD. I had it on VHS. Okay. But I hadn't I hadn't watched it in years. And and seeing him live and seeing the shots from it and stuff was like, I gotta get a copy of the fucking fog. Yeah. Because I I've forgotten how much I like that. Because there's a lot of weird things that always stuck with me about watching it on VHS. Actually, before we do properly move on, right at the start, there's a real fucked up cut. It's worth looking for during the making bit where he's telling a story. Okay. And on VHS, it was just a, a three second still frame. Weird. So it would just hold, and the fire, it was a shot with the fire, so the fire would just go, and hold. Uh-oh. And in, I've now seen it a couple of times, like an original print and the 4K remaster, and the, I checked it on the Blu-ray last night. It, they do a weird zoom in on him. Okay. Uh, and it must just be that, the like, literally that was the end of the film, but they, they needed three extra frames to make it cut, so they do, they do something. They find three frames from somewhere else, okay. they do a, a zoom on him before it cuts to his close-up or something. But I would love a commentary that would explain what the hell that is. Yeah, that'd be interesting. See if but John can actually remember. Yeah. Yeah, I bet they just gloss right over it. That was fucking awesome. So we just had a, uh, I think, 1998 print of The Exorcist with, uh, with a BBFC guy who wrote this under James Furman, who was the guy who banned it in the 70s. And... Uh, and I'm super buzzing again now because that was just that was tremendous. So none of the version you've never seen, CGI bullshit, sound mix, uh, crap. It was just the straight up version that I've always wanted to see in cinema. So uh, so yeah, so that's going to power me through to the end. Not so much laughter in that. Um, in front of me was awkwardly dealing with uh, some of the some of the exit scenes and some of the noises. It was crazy. I fucking love that. <laughs> right, I think we've got uh, Nightmare on Elm Street next. Right, let's talk about the, the thing, because that's thing. the least okay. interesting thing so, about The Fog. So, so my history with The Thing was I, I I hadn't seen it until we became friends, and then you were like, let's watch The Thing one time. Um, really? Yes. Okay. And so, and then we watched, we watched The Thing, and, and I bloody loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> One hundred thousand years ago, it found its way into our galaxy. Trapped in the frozen wasteland of Antarctica, it could not escape. Now the men of Station 4 have made a monumental discovery. An alien creature had frozen, but not to death. And man... It isn't Benny! ...is the warmest place to hide. probably seen it uh four or five times since then uh you know 10 12 years ago uh and uh and and i've enjoyed it every single time um i i really really dig the soundtrack for this film because it's so minimalist but mm. it's just fantastic and just the whole atmosphere of it. i've always liked kind of snowy type things like on golden eye the video game i would always i'd always want to play that i'd always want to play the snow levels uh because they're, they're always really cool looking and and so yeah the idea of like a mcmurdo style, style annex almost um was, was uh, where this kind of crazy shit goes down was amazing and i love how it, it really doesn't 
the opening of the film, uh, when you've watched it already, you kind of understand what's going on. But the Norwegians chasing the dog through the snow with a helicopter, I was like, what great the opening. hell is happening? Crazy Swedes. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, that, that's such a, a, a fabulous opening. And it's like, mm. I love that the, they've got that dog and they, they kind of even buzz the dog with a helicopter at one point and it ducks down. And uh, yeah, the, the, it's, it's just, it's a great opening, really kind of exciting, but perplexing at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's a it's a full blown intrigue uh, uh, setup kind of thing, and that's yeah. And the dog is just really going for it as well, like really racing along the ways, like back arches and everything. It just and you're in this entire like void space of the snow. Yeah. And I just yeah, I think it is a great opening. And shout out to uh, well, I don't actually know. Thinking about it, the the soundtrack for this one is obviously it's Morricone. Morricone, yeah. Uh-huh. But I think I swear somewhere along the line. That's, that John Carpenter did do music for it, that I think I remember reading this, because okay. there was there was like a theme or something they couldn't use, and so Carpenter had to do an extra piece of music for it. All right, okay. But I don't know where I had that from, and I don't know how to find it out again. But I swear something in there is Carpenter, not Morricone, but Morricone came back with a score that was... You know, he'd clearly watched some John Carpenter films and gone, I get what he likes. Yeah, exactly. I'll it, do it in a weekend. <laughs> yeah, minimalist kind of synth, synth yeah. bonky. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was great. So, so, is there a version of the film where where there isn't the flying saucer opening? No. Okay. All right. Because I I'd actually forgotten that that existed. That that that, that okay. part existed. I, I I'm in my mind it opened on. Uh, the dog running through the snow, but then uh, I, because I, I, I don't own either of these films, so um, I was able to to just do a, a forty eight hour rental on Amazon Prime to, to oh, watch okay. watch both of them. How much does such a thing cost? Uh, it was, uh, oddly, the the fog was two ninety nine. Uh, yeah. The thing was three ninety nine. Oh, okay, for an HD, it's like ten eighty p rental. Um, Although they, there was no SD option, so and I've noticed that increasingly on Amazon Prime, so, so, some stuff they'll they offer an SD for cheaper, uh, right. or HD for for a little more more expensive. I suppose it will be the opposite no way option. now, won't it? Like 1080p will be the baseline, and then there'll be a 4K, 4K option, option sooner, right? I would think, yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, it, I mean, it looked it looked great. But both films look look great in in they in do 1080p. look amazing. I mean, uh, the thing especially, I think, because it's largely in either a space where light will bounce around very well in the snow because you yeah. have so much white or the sets that are lit lit perfectly. Like oh. these, both these films do not, um, well, I mean, they're both Dean Cundy and they're both well shot, but the thing, especially just, I think that'll always, you could go back to that and they will do eventually like in the 8k era and stuff yeah. like that. And it's never going to start falling apart because no. it just, it's an amazing film. Whereas something like the fog, is a little bit like let's shoot it on the hoof and you know so it's a, got a bit more grain to it and a bit more problems to it but the yeah. you know the folks at universal will always take care of the thing because it was mostly on sets or well lit anyway you know right so, right also uh, last thing on the fog so yeah. keep on the, fog. <laughs> the, the fact that the the story dispenses with the entire community after a point and this it's basically just the our few leads in the uh in the church and Stevie Wayno from the in the lighthouse, like everyone who was at that ceremony, yeah, just forget about them. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's, like, that's uh, true. They, they, is, and I love how it does that. I they they kind of seem like props to begin with, anyway. I mean, because yeah, yeah, there was yeah. like 
there's a little blonde girl and and uh, sat next to to pipe smoking man and stuff and and mm-hmm. you know they, they they it seemed like they just wrestled wrestled together some townspeople and said sit here and pretend for a bit anyway yeah. so I wasn't I wasn't too bothered by that um although we, we did we did get rid of the mayor and the sheriff pretty quickly as well who, who yeah, yeah, yeah. had speaking roles so uh, it's just funny yeah. that it's just like they're not relevant enough to like six must die the fog could have had like like up to a thousand people very quickly very, <laughs> but, very easily don't worry about that. they're it's all together walking in a candlelight parade you know absolutely they, they could, have, could have had them very easily but again it, it, it breeds um intrigue and suspicions about well did did they have prime targets who were direct descendants of of, of those you know like most involved conspirators who who were mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's it's, no, it's, it's left it, to the it's audience. Just, no, it's no, it's not at all. It's 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 the opposite. It's we don't care about those people, so we forgot them. True. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because the film's not about them. You know, no. it's, it's just nitpicking. But I love that it's just kind of like if you just think about it, it's just like nobody knows it. But I love it. But um, but that's not what it's about. But yeah, sorry. The thing. The thing. The thing. Uh, I really love the use of color in the thing. Going back, okay. talk, continue to talk about lighting. Um, there, there's, you know, the, 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 uh, practical light from, from the, all the flares that they use. Yeah. And the flare stuff is just iconic. It looks great. It gives that kind of like pink cast to everything, that kind of flickery pink cast. But the other thing that I noticed on this viewing that I hadn't, I hadn't really noticed before is, you know, when they're up in the, uh, the, 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 the cabin where Wilford Brimley, where they've stuck him with his noose, um, (laughs) (laughs) fucking noose. It's completely unaddressed. They go back yeah. up there and like, wait, got out. It's like, no, let's not talk about how he was going to fucking hang himself. <laughs> Seriously. And you just kind of brush by it. Yeah, they don't even talk about yeah. it. They don't uh, talk about it. But it's like it. right, when, when, right when, he's, when he's kind of asking very calmly to be to be let back inside, it's I'd right like in the foreground. I'd like yeah. to come back inside now. It's like right in the foreground. Just yeah. kind of, I don't, I don't I think it. it's hanging, it's like swinging back and forth, but it is just, <laughs> just sitting there. <laughs> I'm fine. Don't worry about this news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but later on when, when yeah when when he's got out when the doors open when they when they go out there and the generator gets gets got to like all the lights go out and like there's that brief moment where you're like oh shit they are in the cold and dark in antarctica mm. and there is no light and and yeah. that is one of those kind of for me a stomach sinking moments where i'm like i'm like okay it's just got a bit too real uh yeah, but then the, then entirely the, alone the emergency lights come on and they're blue and it's and I, I hadn't I hadn't remembered that, so that was that was kind of like that's a cool effect. That's like that that, that looks really cool. So I, yeah, I liked it a lot. Well, Nightmare on Old Street happened. This place is looking like a shit tip. A lot of people stayed up all night, and I'm starting to feel pretty tired again. So let's see how this goes. The uh, the modern horror one upstairs just kicked out, and they're doing a photo outside. So I guess I've got to finish it off and do the same now one more film to go texas chainsaw massacre and 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 uh was is it the chess wizard is that the name of the computer that he the that he pours the the, uh, the the liquor into bitch. also that voiced by uh stevie wayne oh be. really okay so yeah yeah the uh i can't remember any chess pieces but yeah yeah checkmate Might. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. that's Stevie Wayne, Adrian yeah. Barbeau, who was uh, Carpenter's wife. Oh, really? Okay. While, though, so, yeah. Cool. Cheating bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, was that maybe, maybe added in post-production right before the divorce? 
<laughs> oh, I don't know. Actually, that's a, that's an idea. I wonder. <laughs> Let's start that conspiracy. It's split um, up, so that's why he calls the machine a cheating bitch. Yeah, I love that. That's like the only entertainment they're going to have till spring, and he pours a fucking whiskey. Into it. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Though they have a pinball table and and table tennis. So oh, that's fair. Yeah, um, but yeah, up in his shack. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. Also, on that, like, actually, one of my favorite moments in the thing, and it's such an economic bit of storytelling, is just like I just need to go up to my shack. I was like why and it's just like when i left yesterday i turned the lights off you know yeah it's just a, 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 and you're just kind of like oh, oh fuck yeah 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 <laughs> you know i love that about the thing it's so like you said the score the the staging it's all very very economic it is apart from the lighting i suppose the lighting yeah. is the only thing where you just kind of like wow like it feels economic but there's, there's actually so much going on with it. tons of effort goes goes mm. into that absolutely yeah uh, one thing uh, that i that i'd forgotten about is the um how amazing some of the practical effects are in this. I kind of oh, remember them God, being, so a bit, being a bit a bit kind of tacky, but uh, there's, the, there's the, the one moment where the, the, the dog goes into the, the, the pen and like mm. all, the, all the, the little fibers kind of come out of his back. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's freaky. But the bit that really stood out to me this time is when the guy on the, on the table's head falls off backwards and slowly yeah, yeah. goes down that it like falls down and then it ends up in the upside down spider stuff. I mean, that was, that, that that was amazing practical effects. I absolutely loved it. I thought it looked fantastic, like better than so much CG. And I've seen a couple of clips from the remake where they, they, they did a bunch of really rushed CG apparently. And it just looks yeah. dreadful. I think they did practical and, and then the studio CG didn't over like the top it. Of it. Yeah. I possibly, I can't remember the story of it all now. Um, but I mean, some of it doesn't look bad. Okay. But some of it really doesn't look great. Because like, I haven't actually seen, I haven't, I haven't actually seen the remake, so I've only seen a couple of clips, and they didn't look wonderful. So I didn't mind it at the time, and I have back to back them once or twice over the okay. last couple of years. Um, but it's not, it's not really good, and it doesn't really do anything particularly interesting. And you know how I feel about backstory in these kind of situations, anyway. You know. Yeah. So is it a pre- is it a prequel technically? Then it's like a Cube Zero. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the Norwegian camp. Mm. Create those crazy Swedes. Okay. So it's kind of what happened there. And it, yeah, well, that's all I'll say on it. Okay. Um, but uh, but it kind of doesn't, it kind of isn't what happened there either. And there's a lot of Americans on that crazy Swede camp. Okay. For some reason. So, but uh, but yeah, don't worry about that. Let's stick with this one. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, um... Uh, what were we talking about before you got into the, <laughs> before you mentioned the remake? Oh, uh, they're, they're all kind of jerks. Yeah. <laughs> No, like, no, we were just saying something, sorry, before we got into the remake just then. Oh, uh, about the uh, the practical effects. Practical effects. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, Rob Oteen again. Oh, really? Okay. Who did uh, and would go on to do uh, things. And at this point was 20 fucking two years old. Oh, jeez. Wow, and that's almost amazing. And almost killed himself doing this film because of the, the level of effects and stuff. Holy the bit crap. with the dogs you mentioned is yeah. the only bit done by someone else. Oh, really? Okay. Because he was literally in hospital. Oh, man. From, <laughs> and, from and, like, overwork or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, exhaustion, I think he got. Jeez. That that I have read the book on. I have read the book on the thing, so. Um, uh, thanks, yeah, Gus. Exhaust, exhaustion or something like that. And um, thanks, Gus. Uh, sorry, I just Goose. <laughs> Goose. <laughs> um yeah, so he had uh, exhaustion from this, and they got in the Stan Winston. Well, I think Stan Winston already had a studio at that point. Oh, okay. So the Stan Winston studio did the stuff with the dogs in the pen, which is where you get like the flower head and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, but yeah, the rest of it is Rob Bottin going absolutely nuts as a twenty-two-year-old, probably not sleeping and doing all sorts of amphetamines. I bet. I would imagine so. so yeah, yeah. Um, in the cold of British Columbia. 
Which I think yeah. I think that's where this was shot. Uh, well, no, uh, um, the well, the outside was okay. Oh, sure, well, it's in LA. In yeah, good point. Yeah, 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 fair, fair so, enough. So, <laughs> like, um, John Carpenter didn't leave California unless he doesn't have to, because <laughs> they got baseball and cigarettes and video games, which is all he seems to care about. <laughs> and his studio of synthesizers, I presume, yeah, yeah. somehow. Well, the other guys, because he doesn't care. He doesn't, about yeah, it. he doesn't care about it. Yeah, Just buy it all, and I'll come in and play it. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Robert T twenty fucking two. Wow, that's this amazing. level of work, you know. That's pretty cool. So, and then he would go on. Yeah, he's pretty much your guy on practical until CG starts coming around. So he's like all the all the stuff when you're not sure whether it's CG or practical in Starship Troopers. That's all him. That's all him. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I love CG the practical stuff in, in in Starship Troopers, particularly the. The, like the ship model work stuff and and uh, the big claws and stuff and I love all that stuff. All the claws and all the physical and all the body stuff. Actually, the space stuff is yeah. like Sony's old studio. What oh, they really? Called? Like Image Works or something? But yeah, oh, all okay. the anything where you're like you know the big rah, 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 and yeah stuff, yeah anything on the ground that's all rubber team. Nice. Or uh, there's, there's there's like uh, some some moments where like soldiers are getting stabbed through with with a. That, that, that would stuff. be all him. Oh, that yeah. stuff looks great. Okay. Cool. And again, like, you know, all of Robocop and all of Total Recall and all the Paul Verhoeven wow. stuff, really. Yeah. It gets a bit more, you know, crazy wazy. That's sure. all the same guy. And it, cool. he's still working now. And he never Good. did. The thing didn't kill him, put it that way. So. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Just uh... changed him forever. Made him weak as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> he just whispers into into like a tape recorder now and, and then then all of his assistants do everything that he wants them to do single-handedly propping up the corn syrup industry yeah using using so much corn syrup yeah just to keep american farmers at work <laughs> exactly yeah yeah he receives a government subsidy as a result boutine pell grant Ladies and gentlemen, just coming from the downstairs screen, we'll do a survivor's photo in the next five minutes. If you just hang out out front of the cinema, we'll do a survivor's photo. Five minutes. Um, yeah, you. Sorry, the characters are all assholes. You want yes, to they, they kind of are. They're, they're kind of all. There's, there's not really anyone who's who's especially endearing or likable in this because they all have their moments. I feel. Um, like uh, 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 Wilford Brimley at first seems like a kindly old grandpa, kind of like slightly gruff, mm. uh, but then smashes up the, the 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 control room with an axe and tries to kill everyone, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and looks oddly oddly wrong without his mustache. Like he's he's got yeah, he's, yeah. he's completely clean shaven in this. And then you've got like there's there's two very similar looking seventies cavemen who I've always struggled to identify between one another. Seventies cavemen. <laughs> you know exactly who I'm talking about, though. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Uh, and and uh, they're just that that it's clearly it's not a happy camp, but it's but they, they've kind of they've got their status quo mm. and that they can they can kind of live with it until this disruptor comes in and then all of this understandable. Uh, suspicion and disquiet is is fomented between them because they they don't know who to trust and who not to trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they yeah they already don't necessarily like or trust each other anyway. And then it's, right, yeah, it just which makes is it I worse. guess where you kind of have like a subtext kind of thing yeah. if you if you want it. Which I've never actually I've never really thought about the subtext of the thing, but I suppose it kind of is that, isn't it? Yeah, that I like so. you know they they were all going to turn on each other eventually. Yeah, because they're yeah. stuck out there. But you know you had a change agent like. uh Thousand year old alien. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna get that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, th- there's one thing, there's one line that, that kind of perplexed me a little bit. Um, when Fuck the... you too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that <laughs> I one. I fucking love that line. <laughs> <laughs> he just turns to him and he does his thing. <laughs> um, no, no. So, so right toward the end where they're, they're planning on blowing everything up to, to kill it. Hmm. Um, uh there's a there's a there's a mention of we can't let it go back to sleep again like we can't let it freeze and go back to sleep again like it wants to cool down now because it wants to go to sleep again uh so it's just to preserve itself it, it, is the implication of that to be that that like the the footage we'll see at the start with the the uh, flying saucer isn't like right six months before or whatever or like a week before when the the norwegians get it but it's meant to be like a thousand years ago and it's been asleep in antarctica for a long time I, I, oh yeah no when they find the um when they find the flying saucer when they when they go out there yeah uh one of them says something like you know from that ice the level of ice like that's probably ten thousand years old or something okay i must have missed that so bit. yeah no well, no it's fine i've watched this film far too much um so the idea is yeah that that opening is prehistoric okay and it's been it's been down there waiting, you know, not yeah. necessarily waiting, but you know, yeah, in hibernation, yeah. Because it gets so far, doesn't it? Because they have that other bit where they've carved out, which is clearly where it was. Yes, like it made it from the ship, and then it's like, right, frozen. right, right. Um, and I think yeah, the idea of it wanting to go back to sleep there and then is it can't get out because they've trashed the helicopter or whatever. So it'll it'll go dormant until spring when someone will come to find out what happened to the camp. Right. Uh, and then it will go back with them, you know. Sure, sure. And that's where Brimley's like, oh, is it Brimley or is it? No, it is. Who's on about like, uh, we can't let it get back to society or whatever. Yeah. There's, there's a great practical bit with Brimley and, um, oh, I forget his name now, the the, 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 the captain guy. Where, yeah. Uh, uh, down in, down in, in the caves when he, he just kind of like spots him and then puts his hand in his face. Yeah, that's amazing. Just like, just like, starts of, pulling at his. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's that, that's that. not Brimley. That's um, the guy with the nose ring. By that point, isn't it? Because Brimley's gone. Oh, is um, it? Yeah, because there's only a few of them left by that point. Who's the guy with the nose ring? Because I never, never noticed he had a nose ring when he used to watch it on VHS, and you see it like high def or whatever, and he's like, yeah. for some reason that like it's it's the guy who was in something else. What the fuck's his name? It's one of the like, characters. One of the cavemen. <laughs> um, wait a minute. Let me quickly. I used to know all the character names. I can't remember them now. That's, uh, it's, uh, by the way, uh, uh, this is a sidebar. Well, uh, well, Copper. Dr. Copper. Dr. Yeah, Copper, he's, okay. Who's like, yeah, he's clearly like, well, he's bold and stuff, so you don't really know how old he is. Yeah. But, but he's a little older, but for some reason he's got that sweet, sweet nose ring. He has, that's true, <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess he's just a fucking 70s guy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> he knows where he's, he's, hip, he's got a nose ring. He probably drives a Beetle or a Thing back in San Francisco. Drives a Thing? <laughs> <laughs> what? Goes <laughs> <laughs> down the street. <laughs> I'm going to start shaking in a minute. <laughs> My face is going to start melting. <laughs> I love that scene, actually. I love that, yeah, I love that they're, they're, they're tied up to the couch and, like, obviously the first priority is to burn burn the thing yeah. so they're all kind of like stuck there tied to the same couch as this this yeah you know then it's just gary's there there isn't he like, yeah like, that's when he goes nuts and does the yes yeah and, and then his head gets eaten and stuff yeah yeah that's good stuff um no he doesn't get eaten he he survives till the end it's the other guy isn't it the um other caveman yeah yeah <laughs> um Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, yeah. So, so uh, you mentioned something earlier on that that I've 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 heard a little bit about the whole eye glisten thing. There's isn't there, isn't there yeah. a theory that that that's like you don't have glistening eyes if you have a thing. 
I think that's yeah. So again, in the lighting, yeah, they're doing what I would just call a ping, but there is a technical name for it, um, which is where you set up a light opposite the eyes, so that there is a like almost like a Mickey Mouse style reflection. Yeah, yeah, reflection in the eyes, and yeah, there is a thing running through it where if they have that in certain scenes, and I think it's in the blood test scene. Yes. Where uh, the radio operator guy, whose name I can't remember either right now, which doesn't help, Windows, yes, um, doesn't have it. No, it's not Windows in that scene. It's the other guy, isn't it? You're with the curly hair. He's the one that does all the melting, like... Yeah, melt, yeah, face, yeah. His face melts, whose name is... Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? What's this guy's name? Is it Palmer? Oh, I is think so, yeah. Palmer or Clark? It might be Clark, actually. The, I'm just looking at the thing. I think it's Clark. But okay. he's the guy who gets... He's the one who has the thing in the... You know, when they, they test with the, the blood. With the fake goes, hands in it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's such a good shot. That is the bit yeah. that... Uh, when, from when we very first watched it, that's the bit that was always stuck in my mind, is the, the, that effect and then the blood. It's so clearly a fake hand. But oh, you don't, it, because, it is now. Because you've seen it so many times, you don't get that it's a fake hand. No, no, no. I, I, that's, I, that kind of that, that's exactly what I thought, because I, I didn't remember it looking like that, but I was like, oh, this is this is the scene where it like pops out, and then I looked yeah. at it, and I was like... Why is he using a mannequin hand for this? Wobbly mannequin hand. Um, but yeah, that's uh, if it is Clark, I think it's Clark. Um, but without CG, I, I I still kind of wonder how they did some of that stuff. So that because like that that bit where it pops out of the out of the, the the petri dish, like that makes sense to me. But the yeah. the immediately preceding shot is the blood kind of trying to find a way to get to someone across the floor. Oh yeah, I imagine they're probably just like yeah. a leaf blower or something. Maybe they they did yeah. that, but I love the way that looks. It's fantastic. Or angled floor or a, like yeah, it, I should think whatever it is looks like it's probably in reverse, or maybe it's being blown and then it's shown in reverse, so it looks like it's yeah, maybe to a point rather than being, being blown, blown from a point. From. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's so much stuff like that. Where it's just like time and ingenuity, isn't it? You just yeah. figure it out. Yeah, um, it's genius. Though. I love it. Yeah, it's just as long as it works within that rectangle. Yeah. Which is the beauty of filmmaking in many ways. Like, as long as it works within the rectum, it doesn't matter what the fuck you see around it. No, it's true. So, which is where you get your fake mannequin hand and a guy yeah. under heel with, a, with a, like an air ram or something. Yeah. That's magnificent. But yeah, in that scene, I think if it is Clark, Clark is the only one who doesn't have a ping in his eyes. And okay. In theory, how you know he's the thing. But then I don't think that rings true towards the end. No, I don't um, think it does either. I'm not sure it's in every scene either. And the, the big thing as well, the um, do you know the shot where the dog walks into a room and you see the shadow? Yes. I think that's Carpenter as well because oh. he, he didn't want it to be anyone from the cast so that you could go back and figure out who the thing was from the outline. Mm. So it's not a given person like they think, you know, how long did you spend with that dog or whatever? It's like it's yeah. not him. Because oh, okay. he's the one where it's just like he turns out it was human, wasn't he? The, the guy who looks after the dogs. Yes. And it's just like, oh, I guess that makes you a murderer then, Mac, or whatever, yeah. you know, which yeah. is completely left unaddressed. Yeah, it is, that's true. Well, they, they all die in the end anyway. Spoilers. They all die in the end. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers for the thing, folks. Sorry. That's what I was going to say. Okay, so so a bit of a sidebar. Uh, th there are certain words and sometimes names that I always say in my head as a certain person said it. And Keith David's name, I always say in my head hey, as, Keith David. as Eddie said it in, in uh, They Live in 60 Seconds. Keith oh, is it David. Ed or just J, isn't it? He I think it's I think it's Ed, but maybe I'm wrong. He's got a mask on, so it could be either of them. Oh yeah, no, I think I think you. Well, I I say it, 
the way Jay says it. Okay. And he's not wearing a mask in that scene. That's the start of it. This is okay. the, just to the audience listening, that we remade uh, They Live in 60 Seconds for, I think, 2008. It's a long time ago now. Um, the Empire Gone in 60 Seconds competition where you had to make a re- remake a film in 60 seconds. I, I played Keith David in the remake of the, the They Live not one of my proudest moments. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with just a sign on my chest that just said apologies to Keith David. Yes. Um, which I believe is in my copy of They Live. <laughs> I think oh, that really? sign is still folded up and in there. Because I, well, this is the thing I forgot, actually, because I was going to talk to him about that because I met him a couple of years ago at a, at a thing. And, um, and I've got my copy of The Thing is signed by him, which I completely forgot until I picked up my Blu-ray of The Thing. Oh, cool. And, uh, and I, I think I took that sign to to show him and then just didn't have the guts oh sad <laughs> to be kind of like i played you once and <laughs> <You know>, like, <laughs> i'm sorry about that yeah um I promise yeah, I'll I'm find not a racist. We'll, we'll we'll find it we'll put it on the gamp channel somewhere okay but uh yeah keith david is the yeah. way i do it and that's jay saying it at the start because uh he does a uh, hey keith david right at the start because the character names we just use the actor names. yeah just use the actor names <laughs> uh, jay played rowdy roddy piper and ed played any number of and I love they that. live goons. Yeah, and and all of our credits were Rowdy Roddy whatever. Oh yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Adams and Rowdy Roddy. And uh, Tom played the satellite dish. Yes, he did. <laughs> so he's behind an umbrella, just going beep, beep, beep. Oh, I love that. I will have to dig it out. It's here somewhere. I've got because I did. Uh, I, 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 I actually found the file somewhere fairly recently that you sent to me. So, I, oh, I've if got... you can find that, at least I can probably drop it in. Yeah, I'll look for it. See if I can find it again. But um, yeah, that was that was that was, that, that that's that's it's for, for some reason Keith David's name is in my head as 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 Eddie says it. That would it would make sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So. If you find it, send it over, and when I smash this one together, I'll uh, do that. No, I'll chop it so it just drops in seamlessly. All so, right, that'd be three John Carpenter films in one uh, thing. Woo! Well, sort of. Apologies, Kinda, yeah. John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got the name of the episode. <laughs> Apologies to John Carpenter. <laughs> you did the music for that as well, didn't you? I did. Yes. And I'm out in the cold light of day. Leicester Square is dead. They're setting up for the. Small Feet premiere, which seems to be happening later on today at the one cinema here. Um, Texas Chainsaw was amazing. It was from a completely fucked up print that was yellow to begin with and green for a bit and then yellow and orange and then sort of normal for a little bit and then by the end of it I had no fucking idea. So it was all over the shop, but it was uh, beautiful beautiful piece of business to end the uh, end the day on probably reconstructed from however many goddamn prints but uh, yeah now it's time to go home and puke I think um, it is either really cold or I've gone into some kind of toxic shock but either way I'm gonna go and have a nap and I'm sure me and so we'll talk about more of this later on. Sure, we both we both both love the thing. Um, it's uh, it, it, I think you're right in that it is John Carpenter's best. Um, I think it's from, from the ones I've seen. One of the sorry, speaking all over. No, yeah, no. Well, from what you've seen, I wouldn't. 
there are ones which you can enjoy more, like the fog. Big Trouble, you know, and uh, Halloween. Big yeah. Trouble's great. Um, I mean, like I say, there's a tear there where where there's at least five odd in a row where there's there's not a faultless one. There's a the PCC are doing a a, a marathon next month that's like Assault on Precinct Thirteen, Halloween, uh, um, Escape from New York. The Fog, again, which would be the second time I've seen it cinematically this year, and I think the fifth time overall. Excellent. Um, uh, or four and a a half, if you count last night. Um, There's seven films all the way through to Big Trouble. They live, Big Trouble. Um, It skips uh, Christine. Okay. But uh, but yeah, and it's just, there's, there's a faultless run of films there, but I think the thing is, like, I think when I did that stupid Facebook top ten films thing a while back, I think yeah. I put The Thing in there, even though I I probably would say the thing overall is my third because I, I really hold Halloween in a lot of esteem. Um, but the thing is, like I say, objectively his best one and the one that you could say is one of the best films of all time. Yeah, I would, agree. I would say in, in its genre and in its place, it is you. it will never be surpassed if you're looking for a mix of um, suspense, uh, gore and uh, intensity, I would say. So, yeah. But it is also, again, was just a giant flop on release. So sad. It, one of the one of the reasons I have this is because it was I, I forget whose review it was, but it was described as a terrible advert for J and B. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. I've got that glass somewhere. I will find it. That's another thing. Going back to the fog for one last return to the fog. Yeah. You know when uh, Janet Lee's walking around. Janet Lee, by the way, is uh, Curtis's mother. Uh, yes, Jamie yes, Curtis's yes. mother. So, so. The, First time they worked together for Carpenter. That when she's walking around the uh, the church looking for the priest, and she's like Father Malone, Father Malone, and then yeah. he just comes out and, and like, oh, yeah. the yeah. like that. That, that was and an amazing just, like, moment. Just like properly goes for her shoulder. It's just like yeah. there's no. No, that that made me that actually made me jump. That made me jump. Oh, did it? Yes. Awesome. Because that's what it's there for. But there's no reason you would ever do that to another human being. (laughs) No, there really isn't. No, (laughs) it's a movie thing. You know, that's what I love about it. Uh, No, no, that that made me jump. And uh, the the, there was there's one moment where uh, is it when the weatherman is in the which we never talked about actually. The weatherman is in. um, He's he's opened the door. You know, because they're damn kids or (laughs) drunk assholes or something like that. And he, and he turns around and there's and it almost sounds like there's a sound and that's when like the hand comes out of the fog and or the hook comes mm. out of the fog and gets him uh, that that startled me ever so slightly nice that's good because that's what it's for i mean the sound effects like were a... great in this as well in, yeah. in the in the fog by the way i really like them um some of the yeah some of the sound like the sound of the like the kung kung on uh uh stevie ray's door was was pretty great so yeah the, any of those metal or wood noises are just really lovely done i don't know who did the sound design on it actually but no i no. should do but i i it's a cruelly underserved area it is of it my is. Uh, of my knowledge a lot of the time i just hand all that shit off to luke hey luke um and he does all my sound <laughs> he's shit not he's not listening they're not none of them are listening none of these people that will be tagged in this thing will never listen to it <laughs> Hey Phil, by the way, the one person who probably hey, is listening to this, or the Phils, I suppose. Hey, the, hey, the Phils, but mostly Phoenix. Yeah, but mostly Phoenix. Yes. So, for your listening sorry, pleasure, Phoenix. Sorry, Stevenson, in three years. In three years, when he gets to his <laughs> I never saw the fog. You spoiled it. Um, for your listening pleasure, then now I suppose we will present um, the audio to. Uh, they live, they in, 60 live seconds. in sixty seconds from ten, over ten years ago. Indeed. <laughs> 
Brandon, we'll do a live rendition of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Keith David. Oh, Keith David. What's this? Wait, Gawama can sing. Hey, Keith David. Put these on. Not this year. Listen, you dumb son of a bitch. Dirty motherfucker. We're gonna chew bubblegum to kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. This way. So this is the source of the signal, King. <laughs> 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 